following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. It may be a cloudy, overcast Monday in the Nashville, Middle Tennessee area, but it is a beautiful day at Hermitage Strike and Spare. Tonight, we have the second annual Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. A bunch of my sponsors have really kicked in to help. Right off the bat, you'll see some of the signage back here that my buddy James Warren and the folks at Sir Speedy of Music City have put together for the event. I can see out uh, in the bowling alley what I call the world's largest bowling banner, and it looks terrific. I'm very excited about that. Everybody who plays tonight will get one of these shirts, uh, courtesy of my friends at Hit After Hit, Lim Pilkington getting involved in that. Uh, there are probably a few more. I probably will forget a couple, three of them, but hopefully before the broadcast is over, we'll get to it. I'm very excited. Right now, there are 30 young, um, you know, nine, 10 year olds uh, from the Martha O'Brien Center who are bowling as we speak. And I know that. One of my little hopes or dreams a year from now is that we can take the full 32 lanes of this bowling alley and put 128 underprivileged kids in there. All of these kids are getting shirts. They're being fed pizza. And later this afternoon, when their session is over, they're each going to get a football and a basketball for Christmas. And that's courtesy of the folks at uh, Last Minute Toy Store. Dale Roble and his crew do an incredible job. That didn't sound very good, but <laughs> nonetheless, they do an incredible job and uh, really looking forward to this. Okay, we're going age um, first. <laughs> Watson, how are you up there? George, I was so excited. I was going to brag on you and what you're doing. It, it, it's unbelievable. I know those kids are having a great time right now. Yeah. And you take a shot at me before I can even brag on you. I, I mean, feel bad about it. I want to apologize. I'll take your apology. Just make sure I get my shirt when I get there. Oh, absolutely. Actually, yeah. it's more important that shirt. your wife get a shirt. Well, my wife will end up with the shirt. So she's okay, the well, bowler. ask for two. I think. I think the budget on this thing can afford it. You think it? You think it could? I don't. I don't Barely. know if it could or not. But I, I'll play politician. She's the one that does the actual bowling. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll shake a few hands and kiss a few babies and she'll do, she'll do all of the bowling, but I know how excited you are. Congratulations before it even gets here. Thank you. I can't imagine a better thing to do with your money. If that's the right word than what you're doing with it. I've honestly, George, I've never given money to anything except children. And, uh, I, I just think it's fantastic what you're doing. And to see that maybe even by next year to see those 32 lanes fill with all those kids. I mean, you, you, you couldn't feel any better yourself. I've always thought when I deal with things like this, I'll bet you say the same thing. I get, I get just as much, if not more out of it than they do. I mean, it, it's oh, so yeah. neat the feeling yeah. you get to see the smiles on these kids faces when they get the presents, when they get, you know, for Christmas, all the different things that they they do with this money. I can't imagine you couldn't have picked any better situation to give it to companies, whatever you want to call these things, uh, to give it to than what you've done. Watson, here's what we're doing. The uh, the kids are bowling started at 3 p.m. They'll end right around five. Uh, probably seven lanes of, of yep. kids, seven or eight lanes bowling right now. And as I mentioned earlier, they're coming from the uh, Martha O'Brien Center. A year from now, my goal, like I said, was to get from 3 to 5 p.m., 128 kids uh, and really brighten up their Christmas a little bit. Transportation is the big issue. I, I won't deny that, and I'm going to try to solve that issue over the next 12 months. And then from 6 to 10 o'clock, we do two different shifts, a 6 to 8 p.m. shift and then an 8 to 10. We'll have around 30 foursomes in each of those shifts, a total of 60 total. And then we'll have about 60 sports celebs in the area who will bowl with them. And bowling, I would describe loosely <laughs> more just having fun oh my god on the fun meter this event a year ago watson is the most fun event i've ever put on oh it, it, well it was the people said that everybody just had a blast doing it you know and uh what i learned george i've been involved in eight million golf tournaments for fundraising well, you kind of see everybody early, but then you don't see them anymore because they're right. all out on the course. And this thing, people are walking around and <laughs> and watch you roll one down the lane and give you a hard time. But you're all over the place. Yeah. So in something like this, I think there's much more interaction than there is the golf tournaments. That's what I'd never been to one of these. So that's what I saw last year. It wasn't just when they're eating or before they bow. It's all through the whole event. I mean, they're everywhere. Nobody seems to stand. Are they no. yelling two rows, two lanes over at somebody that just gutter balled one or right or something? I mean, it's just different. And I, I thought it was really neat, especially this time of year as you get right between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I, I'd, I'd, ra is, I'd rather see George's uh, bowling toss than his golf swing, too. <laughs> oh, oh, I that hey, wow. the young dudes took yeah. the shot, not me, George. Oh, the total. Don't cheap take shot. my shirts away from me. I didn't <laughs> now, do it. it. Was a true shot, yeah, but it was a cheap shot. Yeah, sometimes the true ones are more uh, cheap than anything. Yeah, they hurt. <laughs> they hurt um, more anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
So maybe that's why we're not doing golf. Truthfully. Well, he is right, though, about the interaction. I mean, oh, this, listen, what this you're is a good see size to, oh, place. What you're going to see tonight, I mean, it blew me away a year ago. I'll tell you this. When, when you do a charity event, you have to treat it as though people are coming into your home. Right. And, you know, I worried about so many things going into it. And about 6.15, Watson, I looked the length of the bowling alley, and I was like, these people don't care. You just got to no. go, go with the They're flow. just having a good time. They're having a good time, George, and they know what they're giving their money to. Yeah. I mean, it's – I promise you, you're going to be a lot looser this year because you do realize oh, yeah. that now. I yeah. mean, that's it, it, that's exactly what you what you feel when I was just one of the bowlers, as I'll be. Yeah. Well, not one of the bowlers, watching my wife bowl. By the way, the right one was doing the bowling <laughs> between me <laughs> so, and my wife anyway. So, so you got, got the better bowler the, as it is. She got up in the 160s. No, 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 no. She got to the 130s. Okay. She won the one sixty. I don't think now if it if it was, she's gonna kill me. What if I, I can't you? remember? But I mean, she hadn't bowled and she hadn't bowled since last year's bowling. So we'll see what she does tonight. Probably none of us had. Billy, what if I told you I bowled a one sixty seven in game one? Really? Last year, sure did. Wow! Upset, don't ask upset about, of the year. Don't ask about game two. <laughs> Game two uh, had, because everybody's giving you grief by then, you couldn't well, handle it. You choked I, your guts out. I had Kevin Stallings to my left, and I had Jeff Rancourt to my right. Okay, and he busted into a, a absolute diatribe where he told me <laughs> that this was the most disorganized event he'd ever been in. And I look over at Kevin Stallings, and he is doubled over laughing. <laughs> By the way, Kevin brought his own ball a year ago, and he caught unmitigated crap for that. He had been given a bowling ball from a Vanderbilt bowling coach, and so he brought it, and Matt Freegie dusted him. He should have known oh. that was coming. Oh, If, if you bring your own ball, you better bowl well. That's what yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. If Throw you're going to bring your own stuff. bowling ball, don't be a flunky bowler. <laughs> so, Watson, because um, – Mike Vrabel's press conference is running at a different time today. We're kind of stalling around to get to Terry uh, later in the hour. I want to ask you about one issue that has popped up in the last 24 hours. And if you were the Green Bay Packers, how would you handle this? So Aaron Rodgers got hurt last night, had to leave the game. It was obvious he was in a lot of pain, Uh, ribs, uh, that kind of stuff, not to mention the thumb that's that's already broken that he went into the game with. So the loss last night certainly does not mathematically eliminate the Packers. But let's face it, this team's going nowhere. So he comes out in the postgame press conference and says, I want to play until this team is mathematically eliminated. My feeling at this point is they've got to find out about Jordan Love, who, by the way, looked pretty good last night. Yeah, I think it'll take care of itself. I'll bet you his if he's truly hurt a rib, those things take a while. So he may miss a game or two. The other thing they could address, George, to me is that thumb. With a broken thumb, he can't possibly be playing up to his capabilities. And that might be another reason – 
to, to bench him to find out. I don't know how long it'll take to get them eliminated because their division's awful. So it may take a while to get them eliminated. Uh, but the other thing I noticed last night, that, and I'll bet you're going to, you and Billy say the same thing. Did you see everybody cling to Jordan when he did well? Yes. I mean, the players all went to him. The coaches yeah. all came down to him. Uh, it got my attention when I saw that. So I do think the young man's got respect on that team. And the little signs I saw last night, a whole lot better than a year ago. I saw some things last night he did that were much better than a year ago. I'm not sure he might not can be their next guy. And I 100% agree at some point they've got to let him have two or three games in a row uh, just to oh. see what he does. I don't know how many are left before they get eliminated. Their defense is so bad, there's no way they make it. I mean, there's Watching, just no way they make it. I caught the same vibe you did. Now, there's no doubt Aaron Rodgers is the oldest player on their roster, and there's probably a group in their mid-20s who really don't have much relationship with him. Um, you know, there's probably a little bit of a generation gap between him and them, not to mention the fact he's a weird bird to begin with. But I've got a feeling that there is a tension that he causes uh, with all of the things he puts out there, with him going, you know, and doing the weekly podcast with uh, Pat McAfee, that that there's a tension in there. And when Jordan Love came in, it was like the tension went away. 100% so. George, I think it comes from, see what you guys think. I think it comes from these quarterbacks that are really good, that hang around a long time, and then all of a sudden they become a coach. They want to coach everybody. They want to get yeah. on everybody if it's not going well. They want to call the plays and get upset about this play is called. I see it in Tom. I see it in Aaron both. I see it in both of them. I think that's fine till you start losing. When you start losing and one of the guys in the locker room is trying to be a coach, which ain't in the locker room, I think that's a problem. And uh, I think that's happened with in both of these two situations – Tom may survive it because, again, their division's bad and they're still right at the top of it. Uh, but what do y'all think? That's what I, – I think you can get away with that as long as you're winning. I agree. But when I you think, start losing, I think it's tough, man. Yeah, with the egos of some of these guys, Rodgers, Brady, they want to compete till they can't physically do it anymore. You know, and I, I agree, Watson. I think it's starting to get to them a little bit to where – you know, they're 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 making some decisions they don't normally make, you know, within a locker room or on a podcast. You know, it doesn't feel like it's it's all football. You know, there's there's some extracurriculars going on. So I couldn't agree. I thought he said it perfect. It's just, you know, they're getting older and you get older. Everything gets a little bit harder, especially in the NFL. OK, so let's go to the Denver story and sort of weave that into this. Yeah. So Russell Wilson, similar situation, maybe not as old as Rodgers or Brady, but the Broncos season starting to unravel a little bit and frustrations are, are rising with, with Russell Wilson. Mike Purcell, a defensive player for the Broncos, as he's jogging off the field, had some words for Russell Wilson as he was returning to the sideline. I mean, and he was he was screaming him. I mean, he was screaming at him. So and Russell obviously didn't look happy after it. But that's some of the things that are going on in Denver. The, the defense doesn't feel like they're in line with the offense oh, or I, Russell Wilson right yeah. now. So well, what, let me ask you this. <laughs> 
how how much do you think Russell Wilson's skills have deteriorated? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. I don't see arm strength anymore, George. I don't see the quickness in the feet the same way. There's still quickness, but not Russell Wilson quickness. I've seen him get out of things that look like Superman couldn't have got out of, and he just can't do it anymore. He can't do that anymore. And uh, on, on the other side, I think he's different. I don't think he's one in there telling everybody what to do, getting on people. I don't think that's Russell. What I think's happened with him is they paid him so much money, and these players see that happen, and then he comes in and he's not making any plays. I think it adds on to the frustration of the whole thing. And uh, here's they put all this money. I could have gotten more of that, or they could have paid another receiver to come in here. Or I think that's part of Russell's problem is he came in as the savior. And honestly, give Pete Carroll credit, guys. I, I, I love Russell Wilson. I love what he's done for the NFL. But Pete Carroll, I think, knew he was diminished. I think he knew it. Everybody's giving him grief. Resign him. Resign him. Why are you not? I think he knew. And, and they, she knows they have played better this year. offensively mm-hmm. this year without him than they did last year with him now. And that's a fact. So in a dream, I have a dream. Mm, the dream is that Aaron Rodgers gets traded to Denver, which was the rumor for 18 months. Russell Wilson, who probably right now wants out of there, and they probably want him out of there, ends up somewhere else. I just wonder, could that happen? Uh, you think Denver would do it again uh, after the Russell Wilson debacle? Do you go take another older guy? When you got burned once, do you go back to that same well again? That would be my question, Mark. Now, they can say about Aaron Rodgers, he's hurt. You play with a broken thumb on your passing end. I don't know how he's throwing. I don't know how he's, he's doing. Throwing. I really don't. I've never heard of a guy with a cracked thumb playing like he that. that. I every one I've ever had. You crack your thumb, you're done. You you sit out. You have surgery. Whatever you got to do, you don't try to play through a cracked thumb. So uh, maybe they'll think he's injured and he's still got enough in the tank. I'll have to admit. I still see him make throws that still look like he's he's 30, not 30, what is he, 38? Yeah. Or 36. I'm not sure which one he is, but I still see him make throws. I haven't seen Russell do that, George, in two years. The dream His ball would just conclude. floats now. It just yeah. doesn't have much yeah. on it anymore. The dream would conclude with him going to Carolina, which needs a quarterback. Yeah. And given that he played at NC State, that's close enough to Charlotte. Those people probably like him. Yeah. I'm just saying, I know it's nuts, but I do wonder. I think it's I think it's a good situation. That would be a good situation for him. I don't know how it works out if it does, but. In a related note, if you've been on a plane with Odell Beckham Jr., <laughs> I want to hear from you soon. Odell Beckham Jr. was removed from a flight at Miami International Airport on Sunday after police said the free agent wide receiver was in and out of consciousness and refused to leave the airplane when he was asked. Beckham's attorney uh, disputed that account, uh, saying his client had been sleeping and that the incident was the result of an overzealous flight attendant. He wasn't even there. How would he know? (laughs) 
So they don't just remove people who are sleeping. Yeah, that's that that's an awful okay. excuse for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't work. I, okay. It, also, it, this can't be good for. I mean, he's. Oh, I don't think the teams care. You don't think they care? If Odell Beckham Jr. would would go to Dallas, I think Jerry'd get him his own plane. (laughs) We'll see. Let him sleep the whole way back. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Give him all the booze he wants. Sleep, pass out, whatever he was doing, Jerry. Let him just wake up when we get there, babe. (laughs) Okay. After the break, we're going to get into Watson's. Titans analysis. The Titans lose to Cincinnati, and there are a lot of questions that have come up in the aftermath of that defeat. So stay tuned. From Hermitage Strike and Spare, we are excited for the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. Our show will continue after this. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. 
I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. We are back at the beautiful Hermitage Strike and Spare. Uh, not only have they been a sponsor of this show, but I'm going to tell you the job they do in helping me, because there's a lot of moving parts to this. Uh, the, the job they do is phenomenal, starting with the food that they will serve tonight to all of the bowlers, uh, the ability to store we're giving each one of the uh, the kids from Martha O'Brien Center a football and a basketball. Storing all this stuff is a royal pain, and they do it with a smile. Uh, Larry Schmidto and this entire crew, um, there's a reason I, I want to do this event here. I get incredible cooperation. Just wanted to say that. Yeah, they've been phenomenal. Dale Robel is here. He's, he's from made last an minute toy store from last minute yep. toy store. So uh, just a lot of good people doing some good things, George. Bingo. Okay, it is time now for Watson Brown's Titans analysis, which is brought to you as always by the folks at Pennington Distilling Company. So Watson, it seems to me that what Cincinnati is because now the Titans have played them twice. It's a team that physically can go toe-to-toe with the Titans. They've got a better quarterback. Uh, Let's just be honest. Burrow is one cool cat. They have way better receivers. And in the end, I've come to the conclusion, this is not a team the Titans want to play in the playoffs. No, and and – you know, you play the Titan style, George, and when I put up their military ball backfires, they play the style of beat me. We're going to come at you physically. We're going to control the clock. All those things shorten the game, which shortens the, the, the scores, which means you're in tight games every week. And uh, that style of play creates that. We've been winning those tight games, but you also can lose a tight game when you're in that many close ball games. And the Bengals last night, more than the first game, came in and said, we'll play your game. We'll sit here and we'll play right with you. We'll play your game, hold Derrick Henry to 38 yards rushing, ran the ball better than we did. If somebody runs it better than us, we're probably not winning the game. Uh, They made mistakes early that we didn't, which kept giving us field position. But, George, we didn't take advantage of it. When you play this style, you've got to score when you get your opportunities to score. And I believe, me counting it, I hadn't seen the stats, but when I counted, I I remember it being 0 for 3. 
I don't think we scored in the red zone last night. And then we make the big mistake at the end of the game. And that's what you just can't do. We've got, we're getting the ball back with two minutes. We can go tie or go for two to win. We got our shot. We've got uh, one timeout left. We had plenty of time. There's two minutes, 157, I think, when they kicked the field goal. And then we roughed the snapper, which was it, it was there. It was bad. We, we ran right into the snapper. So we kind of backfired on ourselves, George. And that's why I say military ball backfires. When you play this style, you're in close games every week. When you're in close games, you got to do the little things to win the game and make the other team beat you. And honestly, that was going on for a while. Uh, but in the end, we make the big mistake. Uh, they, they had a lot of penalties in their special teams. They, they were giving us opportunities. But in the end, we make the big one. From this statement of military ball backfires, and then I'll let you throw back at me on this, from that to me is a red flag. It's three weeks in a row. We haven't run the ball very well. Now, is this offensive line? It's not Derek. It's We're not getting any movement. Derek is getting hit at the line of scrimmage, and when that big man can't get going first, he's not that hard to tackle. Nobody is. And um, we've got to get him those two, three yards that he's used to getting and then let him go from there. And, okay, so we didn't gain yards. Why not? Were they crowding the box? Then if they are, and that's the reason, then we've got to be throwing more on those early downs. And I think we're leading to that to the next guy here in a minute. Or we've got to press the run even more. When you've got two tight ends in a game all the time, you put eight in the box, you can still run the ball with eight in the box. So my thoughts are, yeah, we need to make bigger plays on those one-on-one passes on early downs. But, George, we've got to be able to run a ball better than that. He can't have 38 yards and this style win. It just won't work. So that's the red flag I got. Everything else on the team, I'm not uptight about at all. I'm uptight a little bit at the running game right now because of the movement up front. It looks to me like Burks is starting to get, you know, yep. the right That's stuff under two, his feet. Mm-hmm. It, it looks to me like some good stuff is starting to happen with him. Yeah, I, I, I think so. If he hadn't got hurt, I think it would have before now. We all thought and knew from his college days, he's a good player. And he's an A.J. Brown type, but he's not A.J. Brown yet. He hadn't been in the league. And so he's learning. He's also gaining confidence. I, I can watch his route running and feel confidence in his route running. Um, we got throwing the ball more now. That's that's all there is to it. We got to take those one on ones and get big plays. Where we get big plays, it's not drop back pass. When we drop back and throw it, we throw six yard routes. We throw thirteen yard outs or something. We don't hold the ball very long in our drop back passing game. We get in third and twelve or thirteen. We'll usually. Uh, and we did it last night once, I guess, to set up a field goal. We didn't even try to make a first down. We just threw it quick and gained eight yards and went out and kicked field goal instead of trying to make the first down, down seven. I, I wondered about that. Now, why are you not trying to make the first down right here? And I think it's because they still just don't believe in protection and the things that you got to do in those passing situations, George. But we've got to get our big plays on early downs. So they're going to have to loosen up more, in my opinion, and, and give 
Traylon Burks more opportunities to see if he can make these plays. He caught what last night? Five or six – or Sunday night? Five or – yeah, last night. Yesterday afternoon. Five or six balls, I think. But how many of those were short? We got to get him deeper. We got to get him deeper on some one-on-one stuff, I think. So, you brought up pretty extensively item number three. It does seem to me that they're trying to use him more in the throwing game which you've been harping on for a good while. If you can get him into open space, he'll tear people to shreds, and he did oh, yesterday. Oh, a beautiful run. Just a beautiful run. And yeah, I mean, they're doing that. We've we've harped on that for a while. They they're leaving him in the game more. He's in on second and longs a lot more now. That was a screen to him last night. Very really well executed. And I mean, other than his fumble, he was gonna score. He hadn't gotten the ball knocked loose. But that's – everything we do comes off of him carrying the football. And he he's had three weeks in a row that he hasn't been dominant, George, and it's not Derek's fault. He's not getting back to the line of scrimmage. He's getting hit one, two yards behind the line, one yard past the line way too many times. And, and that shouldn't be. But last night – the first time that I I will say this, yesterday afternoon, that line of scrimmage didn't move. Cincinnati did what our defense is doing to people. That line of scrimmage didn't move. Their down guys did a heck of a job. And it's obvious to me the Bengals came in and says, I think we can beat you at your game. We know the style you're going to play. We think we can play that style and still beat you. Just so happened they did. I'm not saying it would the next time, uh, but just so happened last night they beat us. Well, but you, you've raised a really good point. There are not many teams that can come in there and physically go toe-to-toe with the Titans. No. Cincinnati absolutely did that. And as I mentioned earlier, they've got a better quarterback. They've got way better wide receivers. Yeah, and the best one ain't out there. Right. I mean, this was done yesterday. Um you know, without Jamar Chase. So, so am I right at the moment, if the season ended at this moment, the Titans would get stuck at home with the Bengals. And my claim is I don't think they want that. Well, I wouldn't because they've played them twice and, and, and Cincinnati's beaten us twice in two different styles. Cincinnati tried to come and say, we're just going to outscore you. Well, they ended up doing it even though it wasn't a high-scoring game, but they won the game basically because of the quarterback. I mean, my great we think back about how tough he was in that playoff game last year. And this year they said, uh-uh, we'll, we'll play this game. We'll be a little more conservative ourselves. We're willing to let the clock run, eat clock. We'll play the game right down to the wire with you. And maybe they did that because they didn't have Jamar Chase. I don't know. But that's the first team that's come in here and says, okay, we'll play this game with you. We'll go to the wire. Somebody's going to win it at the end. We think we'll be the team to come out on on top because we've got more of the playmakers. That's what happened last night. And those playmakers, to go to item number four really quick, saw to it that the Titans' defense couldn't get off the field in the second half when it mattered. No, they, we, they, they moved it, George. They played our game. They kept the ball the whole second half. First down after first down, not trying to go deep, little short ones here. Running the ball. They ran the ball better than anybody in the last month has run the ball on us. 
And uh, I give them credit. I didn't think our defense played a bad game. What was the difference, though, last night? They could run it when they couldn't run it last year or yesterday afternoon. They could run it yesterday afternoon. They couldn't and run they it in the game last year. Way better. Yes, they could. And and I thought that being the big difference, and they protected their quarterback way better than they did last year. But what Cincinnati do? They didn't try to go deep all over the place like they did on us a year ago. They sit and pecked at us and would throw a fade when they'd get the one-on-one or whatever. They didn't throw the ball deep hardly at all in the game, George. So the Bengals said, we'll play your game. We think we can beat you at this game. Last night they did. If we play again a third time, it's going to be one great game. But I know the Bengals are going to play the game just like they did last night. Watson, stop there. Great stuff as always when we come back. Terry McCormick will join us. Mike Vrabel's press conference is over. We'll find out what he laid on the Nashville media. Stick around. From the Hermitage Strike and Spare, this is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete service heat and air can clean your coils. Check out your motor and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete service heat and air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williams counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com.
Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. We are back, and we're about to be joined by Terry McCormick, who was nice enough to sort of jumble around the schedule a little bit to allow us to do all this. So let's bring Terry in very quickly. Terry, I brought up that that now Cincinnati's come in here twice in whatever it is, nine months, ten months, and beaten the Titans. And yet there's a real shot. If the season ended today, this would be the opening round matchup. Do you sense it all? Because I sure do. This isn't a team the Titans want to play. George, I likened it uh, in one of the things that I wrote that this kind of has a Baltimore Ravens type of feel for it with the Titans nowadays, the this Bengals team, because it just seems to be that no matter – how well the Titans play or how poorly they play, it comes down to a play here and a play there. And both times recently that they've faced the Bengals, they've come up on the short end and it's really hurt them. So did Mike Vrabel kind of address that at all today? Well, he talked about how that the Titans just really didn't play their style of football. The Bengals, Sort of like what Watson alluded to, the Bengals basically – took their game away from them and used it against them. They were uh, the more aggressive team, the more physical team. The Titans didn't do a good enough job of affecting the quarterback, which is usually key to how they uh, win on defense. And then on offense, obviously they couldn't get Derrick Henry going. And the pass game, to me, just couldn't provide enough critical moments. They were able to throw the ball a lot between the 20s, but this offense – does not seem to function very well in the red zone when Derrick Henry is taken away from him. Terry, uh, I guess I should have started with this. What's the injury situation? Well, the key is they got they didn't really have anybody that came out of the game with any serious injuries that we know of. There will be an injury report put out on Wednesday. But uh, he did say that they're still working uh, on trying to get Ben Jones back in the fold uh, from the concussion that's cost him the last two games. And there is the possibility that a couple of guys, Ola Adani and Kyle Phillips, could be activated into their return window from injured reserve. And then the other guy to keep an eye on is Randy Bullock, uh, the kicker. They're going to have to take a wait-and-see approach as to whether or not he can come back and resume the kicking duties this week or if they'll have to go with Caleb Shudak once again. Where did they find this guy? Because I guess uh, my thought process was that Lambeau appeared to do fine. Well, Lambeau missed an extra point. Caleb Shudak is a guy that uh, they had back when they first signed undrafted free agents, and he was really booming the ball well 
uh, in May and June when they were having these OTAs and uh, mini camps and things. Then all of a sudden he got hurt, tweaked a groin or tweaked a, you know, a leg muscle or something in that effect. And he wound up going on injured reserve and on the physically unable to perform list, I should say, where he spent half the season trying to rehab this injury. Uh, he's a very small guy, but he can really boom it when he's uh, going well. And I think they were intrigued by that, much in the same way that they were intrigued by Ryan Stonehouse as a punter, uh, given the distance that Shudak was hitting uh, during the offseason. So now he's kind of come in cold turkey and uh, had to learn on the fly. And yesterday it was all right. He missed one that he shouldn't have missed there from 35 yards, obviously. But uh, I think they, they're high on this guy long term as a possible solution to their kicking woes. And they pressed him into action with Randy Bullock not ready. Terry, how excited is Vrabel for the fact that Burks appears to be making kind of a breakthrough at this point? I think they have to be excited about that. And I think they need to continue to use both him and Chiga Conquo because I think those are the two guys in this offense that give them the chance to diversify what they do and maybe not have to rely so much on Derrick Henry with three yards and a cloud of dust. Because yesterday with all the run blitzes that the Bengals were doing and the Titans offense not able to adjust and open holes for Derrick Henry, you know, they obviously needed something to come through in the pass game. And it's going to have to be a guy like Burks or it's going to have to be Chica Conquo uh, providing that, you know, Austin Hooper maybe to a lesser extent, but this is a team that needs balance desperately, and they need somebody with some explosiveness in the pass game to offset uh, what they're trying to do in the run game, and Burks is at the top of that list. Terry, what else came out today that we'd be interested in? Obviously, a lot of the talk turned to the reunion with A.J. Brown that's going to come up next Sunday uh, in Philadelphia. And both Kevin Byard, who spoke to us, and Mike Brabel said that the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, you know, A.J. Brown is a key guy and they know all about him and how motivated he'll be. But they said that they can't sleep on the rest of this Eagles offense because this is a team that will tear into you in a number of ways, not the least of which would be uh, Jalen Hurts running the ball as well as passing it. So they can't get so focused on A.J. Brown and what he brings to the table that they let something else slip and get burned by that. So this is an Eagles team. They're going to need everything they can do defensively to try and slow this team down uh, when it comes to playing them on Sunday night. Yeah, we watched them last night in the game against the Packers. The one thing that I did notice was that the Packers didn't have a lot of problem moving the ball against Philly, and that's got to give you a little bit of hope. It does, but, you know, as the Titans are made – I don't think this is a team you want to get into a 35-30 game with. I think they're going to have to figure out a way to slow down uh, this Philadelphia offense and keep this game in the 20s if they want to really go in there and knock off the Eagles and try to come out of there with a win. I, I just don't know. You know, Green Bay kind of tried that yesterday of getting into a shootout, and even though they put up 33, they gave up 40, and that's not a recipe for success. Yeah. Anything else you want to leave us with? Well, that's kind of it. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see exactly, you know, what the Titans can do. They've got to be able to get Derrick Henry going some way or other. And, uh, you know, it's going to mean, you know, just play better on the offensive line and defensive line, you know, for the Titans, you know, offensively to keep Derrick Henry, get him going again and defensively to keep 
you know, what happened yesterday from happening where Joe Burrow was able to scramble around and make some plays, you know, where last year they obviously got a lot of sacks against Joe Burrow. They've got to get that defense going. They really missed Danico Autry, I felt like, yesterday. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Terry, get your bowling arm ready. Uh, you've got work to do tonight. I do. I'll see you then. By the way, when you get here, you wear this shirt proudly. I will. I will. And I'll probably wear this hat. Oh, no. God. I'll get a few boos. Watson, get that thing out of here. It was such a nice day until then. <laughs> Terry. It's the offseason, George. Take a deep breath, man. <laughs> Take a Terry. deep breath. Jeez. See you tonight. Watson. <laughs> it's the off season. It's not we're not even in baseball season yet, George. We're always in baseball season. <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> well, you don't think the winter meetings aren't gonna bring a little baseball here? No, soon? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Do you have something to read? I do. It is yeah, the daily Titans update reads. It is sponsored by the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. The Justin Tucker team, Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. Also, Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. They've got two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville and also online at SumnerFuneral.com. So after the break, we'll get into stat of the day, which I'm sure is some crazy NFL stuff where We've got to get our, our brains moving. We'll see, if, see how deep into the weeds Michael's gotten. Absolutely. So we're broadcasting today from Hermitage Strike and Spare, getting ready for the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. At the moment, there are about 30 underprivileged kids from the Martha O'Brien Center uh, getting a chance to do their thing, show their stuff out there. Uh, we've got Christmas presents for them. Very excited and next year, we're going to make this part grow even better. Stay tuned. This is Main Street Media Television. A man was critically injured following a crash early Friday morning. Officers at the scene said the victim was driving a pickup truck when he lost control of the vehicle. The pickup veered left and went into a ditch. A front seat passenger was wearing a seatbelt and escaped the crash without injury. The driver was not wearing a seatbelt and was ejected from the truck. He died at the scene. Law enforcement writes tickets to save lives. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs including mythical beasts, 
a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Hit After Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a hit tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. Christmas for Kids is back at the Ryman this November 21st. Christmas for Kids provides children with shopping sprees, coats, and unforgettable experiences every year. This annual fundraising concert helps bring that experience to more kids. This year is hosted by Phil Vassar and includes Chris Young, the frontman, which is Richie McDonald, formerly of Lone Star, Larry Stewart of Restless Heart, Tim Rushlow, formerly of Little Texas, Essex County, and a whole lot more. Christmas for Kids, November 21st. To purchase tickets, go right now to Rhyme.com. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It's now time for Stat of the Day. It is brought to you by the great folks at John English Vintage Sports and Cards over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They're open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. You can find them on their website at johnenglishgradedcards.com. They've got everything a sports fan could ever want. Antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, so many other sport-related items. Again, their website is johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, don't forget about Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. Give Eric a call at 615-490-7052 or visit their website at rockcastlewealth.com for more information. Okay, let's get to today's stat of the day. Let's see how deep into the weeds Michael's gotten today as we uh, we go to it. Here it is. Which NFL team this past week got their first franchise win ever when trailing by seven-plus points when entering the final minute of regulation? 
That is a good I, one. I, I know this one because they, they said this on television after they did it, and I've already forgot who it is. Um, well, but they me, said uh, this on TV. That's the first time they've ever driven down the field down down seven, right? And and won. Uh, wait a minute. It's got to be the Chargers. Okay, it may be, do you, do the you Chargers. Agree, do you agree with that, Watson? Who else? Real quick, who else went down late and won? Okay, does seven plus mean seven or more? Yeah, I think that's what that means. Okay. The Chargers were down 24 to 17, scored and went for two. In, in one of these deals where their guy, their, their coach is analytics insane. Yeah. I think the answer is the L.A. Chargers. Okay, I, I'd say you're right. I know they said this on television. I was watching the end of that game. Uh, was it the Raiders scored late? There's another one. The Raiders scored late, um, but I don't think – think they were down seven may not have been i think it's the chargers it, it couldn't have been down seven because they didn't go for two right the raiders i'm talking about right who else real quick who else won late on late drives yesterday well, it wouldn't have been philly um wouldn't about have been the cleveland browns Oh, wait a no, minute. You got something no, they, there. Wait a minute. You may have something there. You, you uh, might have something. He's got something. <laughs> uh, which NFL team Easy, George. <laughs> got their first franchise win ever when trailing by seven plus? And I think the seven plus, that plus is big. Yeah, but I don't think it's said right. Their first franchise win ever when trailing by seven or more points entering the final minute of regulation. I think, does that mean by more than seven? That, that's, uh, that's what it that's, should, that's well, that's what it, what it should have said. It, it says okay. seven plus. No, well, then why even say seven? This is very poorly written. <laughs> oh. you, every time you don't know the answer, you go back and blame No, I think that. I do know the answer. The Chargers were down by seven, rallied, Went for two and won, but they in weren't. Final minute. They weren't. They weren't down more than seven. Okay, so we're. So it, it, he's he's saying it, they were just down seven. Watson's trying to read the question okay. as if it is more By than more seven. than seven. Okay, because is it more than seven, than, Billy? Is that what it means? Yes. Yeah, and I know the answer, and that applies go, to the go, answer. Go ahead and put it up there, then. <laughs> okay. It's the Chargers, or not? Not it's the Jaguars. I just <laughs> yeah. That's what I was watching. I, knew Chargers, that I had the Chargers on my mind. Wow. Oh, this is really embarrassing. Jaguars. Because I listened to it less than 24 yeah. hours ago, and I couldn't even remember. By the way. Good win for the them. The play that got them into a position to go for two. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence put it right where he had to. Could you He's imagine? Could you imagine yeah. Tucker hits that, that, that field goal? Oh, my God. I mean – by if it's 64 65 good it, it would have been it. yeah, yeah. it would have been good from 64 yeah. so we have now reached the five o'clock hour i can hear people out there beginning to line up and get yeah, ready the beer is here the well <laughs> the, the show is 
the show is here. All right, George. Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is the sponsor of the 5 o'clock hour. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere, whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement. They've got the staff training and equipment needed to take care of any patient in any circumstance. For more information, log on to their website at mtbj.net. This is the final week, I guess, that we will do the top four because by next Sunday, we'll know. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, Watson, the top four is really obvious. The question is five, six, seven, then what? Yeah. Okay. There's what you got. Well, now that's... That's the bottom. Oh, that's in the mix. My bad. Right. Here's the top four. Let's go to the top four. Okay. Georgia, no doubt. Man, what a job Michigan did. Mm -hmm. TCU blew out um, Iowa State, who can't score. And USC got it done against Notre Dame. Watson, talk talk me through your process of this. Well, honestly, Michigan is right there with Georgia's one. Because I'm telling you, that was impressive. They didn't just beat Ohio State. They knocked them down. Over 200 yards rushing in the second half in in the shoot. I mean, that is the most impressive win, I think, of the year, George. Name one that wasn't. We would have put Tennessee beating Alabama there back earlier maybe. Uh, But now I'm not sure this isn't the most impressive win of the season And I've got them in a close two to Georgia who cakewalked kind of through Kentucky and cakewalked kind of through Georgia Tech in the last two weeks. And then TCU three. And then Southern Cal four. I thought Southern Cal, that was their by far most impressive performance, especially on defense. Their defense played better than I've seen them play all year long. And this thing ain't over yet because Southern Cal does not have an easy game. TCU does not have an easy game. I'm telling you, those two, both of those two teams still have tough games to win yet. Danger zone. Southern Cal plays Utah in their Utah, I think that's the worst draw they could have got. Yep, and Utah's going to be ready to play. Sure, Utah will be ready, and they're very physical. That's their nature, and I think that's the way to get after Southern Cal is with physicality. And I think that's going to be a – a game, and I'm telling you, with all the pressure on TCU, they finally met the one that I think can play with them, and that's that's Kansas State. They will come in guns loaded, man. They they got everything to gain here, everything, and all the pressures on TCU. So there's your two great games of the weekend. Yep. Okay, it would help the committee for both Southern Cal and TCU to win. Go back to the the other oh, one for just a second. Well, it makes it easy on them. It makes it easy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they can have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Um, Of Southern Cal and TCU, which one do you feel better about to win? I don't, I wouldn't bet against either one winning, but they both got really hard games. You don't want a hard game. Georgia will not be a hard game, I don't think, because LSU got beat, not good, and they're playing at home. Uh, they're just flat playing at home in, in in Atlanta. And then Michigan's got Purdue, for God's sake. So I mean, okay, let me let me ask this: Are both Georgia and Michigan in, even if they lose? 
If they lose in a close game, I would say yes. And I okay. don't think the other two are. They'd be out, in my opinion, both of them. Well, if if Michigan drops that Purdue game, that, well, that's yeah. hard. If they to, lose, yeah, I should, you're right. If it's Purdue, if, they'd been better off playing somebody else than Illinois, the next the, the best team in that division. They just didn't win it. Uh, and Michigan nearly lost to Illinois three weeks ago at home. Had to kick a field goal, what? No, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago at home. So this thing is not by any means over. I can't see the top two losing, but I can very well see. And I wouldn't know which one to pick, George. Um, both of them have had great years, and they win They win impressively. Um, but they've got two tough opponents to play that don't have anything to do but beat them. That's mm -hmm. all <laughs> – yeah, they, they win the Big 12 championship or the the Pac-12 championship, but they're not playing for anything other than that, and they're just going to be loose as gooses, in my opinion, and the other two are going to be tight as they can be. So we'll both see. Are, both are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, they're and, not, then, and that tells you something right there. And both are unfamiliar to this – sort of conference championship stage as of late. So so let's look at who Watson thinks are the ones waiting for one of them to slip. In order, Watson, you've got Bama, Ohio State, Penn State, who nobody's thought about, yep. and Tennessee. Yep. Those are the In ones that, that have hung around. I Everybody, I, I wouldn't doubt the committee puts Ohio State in front of Alabama, but I don't see how you do that. They got dominated in that second half. I mean, it wasn't beat. They got it the crap the kicked out of them. They got the foo kicked out of them, man. They knocked them down. They're running over them right and left. They're throwing over the top of them. I mean, it, Ohio State couldn't hardly make a first down. They kept screwing everything up. I don't know how you put Ohio State in front of Alabama after that performance against your arch rival in your house – with everything at stake, and you come out in the second half and get killed. I mean killed. So even though Alabama's got one more loss, they lost on the road on the last play of the game at Tennessee. They lost on the road on the last play of the game at LSU. Uh, so I put Alabama in front of Ohio State. I'm not sure it will come out that way Tuesday. How do you all think it'll come out? Well, let me try it this way. Watson, if you're a committee and you're sitting there trying to evaluate and you use words like I test, isn't the last thing in the world Georgia would want in a one versus four is for number four to be Alabama? Oh, isn't that absolutely. the last thing they want? Absolutely it is. Well, isn't that the I test? Yeah. To me, I, I just don't want to be prejudiced being a Southeastern Conference guy. But I just feel when you put a performance on like that in the big stage, the game of the year, I think there's been two games of the year this year. And one of them was Alabama, Tennessee, and the other one was this one, Ohio State, Michigan. And they laid an egg. They laid an egg. I just don't think you deserve to be in front of Alabama. And who did they beat? Penn State. And everybody says, well, who's Alabama beat? Ole Miss on the road, Texas on the road. Two pretty good wins on the road, in my opinion. So 
I don't know. I, I'm probably – I bet the committee has it opposite. They'll give more credit to Ohio State by losing to number two Michigan than I think they deserve. If that game had been close, I would not have said this. I'd have Ohio State in front of Alabama. But it was a rout. It was – I mean, I turned it off. I started watching another – I think I went to Clemson and uh, whoever they were playing. I can't even remember now. It wasn't La Tech in North Texas. It was not La Tech in UAB. No, it was not. I didn't go to that one. But it. I don't know. I just – that's me. And then I, Penn State has hung in there. They've hung they in really there. They really have. And then Tennessee has hung in there. Tennessee embarrassed Vanderbilt. Absolutely embarrassed and uh, think if Hendon Hooker had played in that oh game. Oh, my God. It would have been 80 to nothing. Oh, my God. That was because, dominance. Vanderbilt Milton, didn't even look like Milton, – Milton didn't even play well. No. No. He didn't have to, Coach. They just ran right through him. All they did is hand the ball off and go right through him. Don't ball, you think Dominated the special teams, dominated Vanderbilt's offense, just dominated them. I mean – so I can't not put after all Tennessee went through to go on the road and do that. Um, I don't. They're saying, "Well, it's Vanderbilt." Well, Vanderbilt had won two SEC games in a row and were flying high and confident. They killed them. So I got Tennessee eight. Uh, it's not going to get past Alabama or Ohio State. Penn State and Tennessee are really not in it now. It's down to six teams in my personal opinion. Well, and that's the debate now, and Tony's going to say this too. He's going to say that Tennessee should definitely be above Alabama, but if you're the committee, you're sitting there saying, they, yeah, they dominated Vandy, but they're they're a different team with Joe Milton behind center. And I think the, the, the reason you can't that say again. that is Joe Milton. It's right. not Hendon Hooker anymore. Right. And, and that's – I would have Tennessee still above them, even though – even though Tennessee got embarrassed – at South Carolina. And you, at the, if I'm saying that about Ohio State, you kind of got to say it about Tennessee too. And they got embarrassed with their good with their quarterback playing. Uh, but I got Tennessee where they are, uh, I think, guys, just because of uh, Joe Hendon Hooker gone. Right. And Alabama hasn't – they haven't been dominated. I mean, Tennessee was dominated at South Carolina. They don't have a bad loss, so that's no, another. Alabama went to the last play of the game in both of their losses in two very tough places to play. Very tough would, places to play. I would have Tennessee ahead of Penn State. The only that's reason I didn't. Difference. The only reason I didn't was Hendon Hooker. That's why I put them yeah. down. That's the only only reason I did that. Okay, let's go to the studs and duds that all of you I know have breathlessly awaited. Um, we start in the Big Ten. Michigan. I didn't know they had this in them, Watson. They beat the ever-living snot out of Ohio State any way you wanted to beat them. They threw the ball over the top. They played great defense. Man, this was Harbaugh's greatest dream to have that crowd leaving with five minutes left booing, and there had been a tension in that stadium you could feel. I mean, it was Harbaugh's finest moment. Oh, it, 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 doubled, yeah. it doubled last year's moment. It doubled it. Yeah. They dominated the line of scrimmage, George. And when you do that in college football like that, you're pretty dead gum good. And they dominated to... without their Heisman Trophy candidate playing. And they had another kid rush for 200 yards in the game. I mean, 
they they killed them. That's the most dominant performance of the season by anybody, in my opinion. And you've got to keep in mind the psychological element of it too. At what point did Ohio State say, "Uh oh, here we go again"? Oh, I think I think that happened very early in the third quarter, if not yeah. earlier. Yeah, the it happened. Crap. You nailed it. First few long runs for Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Next, we go to the SEC, the Gamecocks. Where, pull- where does where does this come from? Spencer Rattler suddenly acts like he wants to win the Heisman. <laughs> oh, he has played lots out two weeks in a row. He did have two bad throws that could have cost him the game. But he made play after play, George. I mean, that's what everybody's been waiting on. Through Oklahoma, through South Carolina, we everybody's been waiting on that. He was the number one player coming out in recruiting that year. This is the first time I've seen him look like it. And he may have played his last game at South Carolina, guys. And we've got to keep in mind. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean by that? I think he may come out. Really? Yes, sir, I do. The way the way hot he's hot right now. So you way, think he's got I'm telling you, I'm not sure that that wasn't talked about before he ever went there. Oh wow. Just watch. Let's just okay. see. I wouldn't Let's be surprised. Just see. He may play the bowl game. I think he's coming out. I'll say this for South Carolina. If they could have handpicked the two teams that they want to beat worse than anybody. Tennessee and Clemson. Tennessee and Clemson. Yeah. Absolutely. And oh, you can't yeah, forget can't. about the impact of Beamer Ball and the special teams unit. Without that that muff punt at the end, their forced punt uh, fumble there, they may not win that game. Did they end up eight and four? Yep. Yeah. Nice bowl. Yeah, they're going to get maybe be up around the Citrus Bowl, something like yep. that. They're going to fall into a pretty good bowl. Up next, we stay in the SEC with Mississippi State on wow. Thursday night. This surprised me in in a couple of ways. Mississippi State just crammed the football down Ole Miss's throat. <laughs> a Mike Leach team running the ball? Oh, who, my God. Who would have never thought? Hopefully he keeps doing that now because I just don't think that style can win a championship in a year. And if he'll start mixing that run like that with it, George mm-hmm. – Mississippi State might sneak up and win an SEC championship once somewhere along the way, but not throwing it every down. And that was impressive to me, and Ole Miss can't throw it. Ole Miss just does not pass the ball well enough. It's been their Achilles heel. They got away with it early, but they just don't throw the ball well enough. He's going to have to go get him another quarterback or get this guy a lot better in the offseason. And I also wonder, throw this out, should – Lane Kiffin have not just come out absolutely 10 days ago and said, I ain't going to Auburn, not even considering going to Auburn. Does Did that not hurt his team with that lingering that whole week around, George? Yeah, because he never came out and really said that. He may, might have tweeted something. but Well, no, he what he did say to his – I haven't player, taken the job yet. That's what right, he said. Right, and he should have – I don't he, know. He should if, have said, I'm here to stay. I'm so, not leaving. I'm, okay. Should he have said, look, they've contacted me. I've turned them down. Yeah. Okay. What I think that, happened is he's negotiating with Ole Miss and he got him a nice big raise mm-hmm. and he didn't want to hurt that those dollars coming back to right. him, but it might have hurt his team by doing what he did. Meanwhile, up at Liberty. Oh, there yeah. are people saying, well, well, we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. That's another segment. Last stud here, yeah. Tulane. I don't know how many people paid attention Friday, but Tulane went on the road 
for one of the biggest wins in their school's history. They are now hosting the American Association or whatever the hell they call that American thing. Athletic. Yeah, whatever. Um, do you like that? <laughs> whatever. American Association. Yeah, uh, George, that's real bad. I know. That's whatever real. it is, they're hosting it. They've got UCF. Yes, who they got beat by about yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah, I think kids, in, in New Orleans. Or, or, yeah, at, yeah. Yeah. And the kid, John Rice Plumley went wild in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, Tulane is favored this time, which I find very interesting. Yeah. Cincinnati not only lost the game, but they then lost their Luke coach. Fickle, Man, that's brutal. Who went to Wisconsin, which I would love a penny for Jim Leonard's thoughts because he's he he was an alum of Wisconsin. Watson, that's where I thought they were going. Uh, I think it's a good hire. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I kind of thought that too, George. But uh, that's a good hire. I think Luke needs to stay north. That's his background. Yeah, you First time he'll ever be out of Ohio in his life in any kind of professional way since his college playing days. And uh, I, don't, I think it's a good hire. I think Luke will do a very good job at Wisconsin. Good meanwhile, fit. It, meanwhile, good it sounds fit. like Tulane's coach, Willie Fritz, is headed to Georgia Tech. He's in the mix, and he's – That his, would be a really good hire. Yeah. His track record is fantastic. Everywhere he's been, he's done a great job. I think he'd be a perfect hire. He's been at these kind of schools, coming from Tulane to Georgia Tech, same kind of atmosphere. My old defensive coordinator at Tennessee Tech is on that staff, so I'm really pulling for him hard. Okay, the duds are pretty obvious. Let's start here. Vandy didn't show up. Uh, I don't know that they weren't ready to play. I think Tennessee was, and – Vanderbilt's got a long way to go, guys. Gosh, I mean, they it wasn't anything tricky. It wasn't nothing. It's line up and run right over, over them. I've not around. seen a Tennessee Vanderbilt-like game like that in a long, long time. Uh, I was shocked by what went down. And I give Tennessee all the credit, man. Lined up and physically said, okay, we got a brand-new quarterback. Let's be careful here. Boom. <laughs> Just ran right through them. Vandy was the in the opening, wrong place at the wrong time. The opening touchdown of the game on the bomb. That helped the bunch. That helped the bunch. Well, he, he could have fair caught it. Oh, yeah. The guy was so open that it was. <laughs> well, he did kind of fair catch it. Tell you the truth. Yeah, because <laughs> the ball wasn't thrown. It was so far underthrown. He's it's got an absolute cannon. I mean. Oh, uh, look. He's a major league baseball That's, pitcher. Those are the only throws he made. He wasn't making any intermediate throws. They said, no, Joe, let's, like let's see how far you can throw. You can, you can I've, every quarterback I've ever coached will cringe if they're watching this show when they say, don't overthrow the deep ball. Do not over. They've heard it a million times. And I say, you're not trying to complete it with a cloud up there. You're trying to complete it with a guy running down the sidelines. I couldn't stand it when you overthrew a ball. I'm telling you, his fundamentals are so far off with that deep ball. If they don't correct that in the offseason, they better go find one because if he his he has no chance the way he throws the deep ball. None. That's I don't want to get into night. it, but I'm telling you, it drives me nuts watching him throw. Best line of the night in the press box was that Joe Milton is a Raldus Chapman. He can absolutely just 
throw it 180 million miles an hour and has no idea where it's Nobody going. knows where it's going. But on Saturday night, didn't matter. Yeah. No, no. they quit yeah, trying. Against, either, the, against a defense that gets some pressure on them and has some better corners, Watson's right. They're going to have to really make a decision. On I'm anxious to Milton. see who they catch in the bowl game, and 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 that's going to be his show. If he don't prove it that night, I think they're going elsewhere. Here are the uh, other I, three. I think they'll end up in the Orange Bowl against somebody. No graphics good. for the other three, okay. George. Uh, number two, Ohio State. Of yeah, course. I mean, enough said. Yeah, they no. got the crap kicked out of them. Number three, Iowa. Iowa God. couldn't win at home against Nebraska, and that cost them a berth in the Big, 12, Big Ten title game, and maybe they're better off not playing Michigan. Well, I don't I, know. Yeah. Maybe they said we, we want to save better off not we, playing Michigan. We we want to save the eyes of of, of every viewer that was going to watch Michigan and Iowa, and then the fourth one is Clemson. Back to back losses to close. Are you sticking that your brother will beat Clemson? Yeah, I, I I'm I, I shouldn't be saying that because you pit in front of me. Maybe you just will give me that one, but I think they're going to beat them. I've not been impressed with Clemson all year. Their quarterback is not. Honestly, in some ways, reminds me of Joe Milton. I mean, he just don't make the plays. Why do know? they? Why do they keep sending him out there? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a. I don't know. I don't know. He what did they pass for? Ninety nine yards. Yeah. Against South Carolina, you pass for ninety nine yards. And against the two your arch that, rival at home. The I two mean, games that Klubnik has played and he's played well. Yeah. I'd have found out know. by now. Yeah. I, I've not been on Clemson's train all year. I wasn't before this game. I wasn't willing to pick South Carolina. Uh, it's obvious my picks here recently. Vanderbilt's killed me, by the way. <laughs> my alma mater has absolutely killed me. In the two SEC wins they got, you weren't even thinking about picking them. And I didn't even pick them. I picked them on the other two. And that's <laughs> it. With two in the last month, they have killed me. So I think I'm through with picking them. But yeah, well, Clark told me last week. They don't play Clark told me last week. He said, "Tell Watson to quit picking us." Did he? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He didn't. But uh, he hey. should have because I brought <laughs> him bad luck. No, I, I just I don't believe in Clemson. I never have all year. You can't win on the top levels, George and Billy, without a quarterback. <laughs> you can't do it, and uh, that's that's why and I think Tennessee it. now will struggle. Yeah, because they don't have they don't have the guy unless he really makes them. And he's got three or four weeks here to make great improvement, and we'll see if he does it. After the break, we'll get into the coaching carousel. Some interesting moves over the weekend. This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. 
I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Okay, we're back. When I say back, we're at Hermitage Strike and Spare, where in just a matter of moments, we'll get the uh, Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night underway. Right now, there are 30 underprivileged kids from the Martha O'Brien Center who are bowling. They're all going to get Christmas gifts. Um, It's just a very cool thing. Very excited about that. Okay, let's get to the coaching carousel. Watson, it sure seems to me that Nebraska hit as close to a home run as they humanly could. Yeah, 100%. I don't think there's a better guy they could have gone to get than than Matt Rue. I think he fits the Midwest. He fits the Nebraska 
He fits Nebraska philosophically. I mean, I just – I think it's a great hire. I'll bet he does well and gets Nebraska football back for the first time in a long, long time. Secondly, the lots, Auburn search. Yeah, go ahead. Lots of rumors going oh, on yeah. uh, here. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports has reported that there has been pushback from the Auburn administration given the Kiffin news that came out late last week, and apparently they're on plan C, whatever plan C is now. So who knows what's going on? Well, I'll say this. This is what I do know. So it gets out Saturday morning that Hugh Freeze is going to Auburn. His players responded to that by absolutely just dying on the vine against a New Mexico State team that can't beat anybody. Liberty got belted. To me, Watson, it was Good his indicator. players yeah. telling him to get lost. Yeah, George, when you lose your team, man, it shows you can't hide it. And he he lost them. I mean, I don't think they would have beat anybody Saturday. So Hugh, to me, this is this is going to end up ugly. And if he doesn't get it, you go back and look at all of the things that he got uh, in trouble for. I'm not I'm not talking about his personal life. I'm talking about the cheating at Ole Miss. You go back and really look at all of it again, re-look at it, and you go, wow. And i just not sure anybody can pull it off. Bruce Pearl got in trouble, Tennessee, and went to Auburn. But it wasn't the same kind of trouble that Ole Miss did with buying players. And uh, it, it's different. And I just wonder if the SEC didn't finally – we'll see. I'm, I still – not sure they can pull this off in hiring. And if there is a plan C, I'm not sure who plan C is, but if that's true, Billy, if he was getting hired, he'd be getting hired today, in my opinion. So if it don't happen today, I'm not sure it's going down. Okay. So I'll throw one out there. If it isn't going to be Hugh Freeze, this is totally out of left field. James Franklin. I keep hearing that has been rumored and, and going around that he's not in love with the weather up there. And I guess my point would be he knew that going in. Yeah. And I keep hearing all the time that they're not in love with him uh, too. So if he feels that way, then, then he, he would leave. He's not leaving for a better job. I can tell you that right now. He's not leaving for a better job. Uh, when, you, when you're the second team in the state of Alabama or in any state, it's not the better. Penn State's the first job in that state. Auburn is not the first job in the state of Alabama. They've won national championships. They've had nice, nice deals, but it's still an Alabama University of Alabama state, George. I'm telling you. And so if he's leaving, there's other reasons other than it's a better job. Let me ask you this. If – if it's not going to be Hugh Freeze, if you were directing the Auburn ship, who would you hire or attempt to hire? Boy, I, I think they're in trouble again right now. Yep. I think they're in trouble again because I really believe that maybe C was Deion Sanders at one point, 
I don't, I just don't think they'll take that chance. They've got there in their minds, they've got to hit a name this time around. They've got to. They can't go the Brian Harson route again. They've got to go spend money and hit the guy. And uh, I don't know. I can't give you one right now. I, I really thought it would be between the two. And I thought it would be freeze in the end. But I think what's happened here since Saturday is they're saying, are we sure we can hire this guy? Just because they, they go, it's all come back out. I've read it in different oh, reports, sure. all the things that happened at Ole Miss. And they're saying, wow, can we hire this guy or not? And whew, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be real quick unless maybe it is James Franklin. His name's been there for a month along with Dion and along with the other two. That's the four names I've heard all along. And so maybe it is, maybe it is James. If, if it is, then, I think he'll do a great job. I think he'll go in there and he'll excite everybody. He'll recruit right there with that. He can, he can recruit with Alabama. Uh, so maybe it is, but I'm anxious to watch because I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good that it's even one of these names right now. It may end up being somebody else again. Yeah. So late Saturday night, while most people were asleep, David Shaw sent us all a state of the union of college coaching. He basically said, I'm done. And without totally saying it, it was him saying, I don't want to deal with all this NIL and transfer portal crap. That's yeah. what he basically was saying. Yep. It's exactly what I think he was saying. He, he don't want to deal with it. Uh, he don't think he can deal with it. Uh, because he don't want to have to go out and raise that money and get all that player money like everybody's having to do. Uh, you're seeing it behind the scenes. I'm talking to coaches all the time. I'm spending more money now trying to figure out the NIL than I am coaching a football team. I'm glad I'm out. I wouldn't want to deal with it. I, George, I'm telling you, it, it's fine for the players. They deserve it. I, I get that. But that don't mean I'd want to do it as a coach. I just, I, yeah. I, I've never cheated in my life ever in 46 years of coaching. That's not cheating, but I just don't want to be out trying to raise money and raise jobs and all of that instead of coaching a football team. And I think that's what David Shaw was saying. And of course, if you use those words to describe my academic life, it was, I ain't cheating. So there's a chance I may be repeating that's probably a pretty good philosophy <laughs> <laughs> my mom didn't appreciate it you, um, you, you probably proved that point more than once oh yeah i did george i know we touched on this guy but luke fickle uh taking the wisconsin job uh he went 57 and 18 at cincinnati watson said it earlier that's got to be a really good hire for them oh i think it is but i think jim leonard uh, was an obvious, I mean, played there, defensive coordinator. Right. This, kind, this sort of came out of a little yeah, bit of a little nowhere. Bit. If I'm Cincinnati, I go hire Jim Leonard. It'll be interesting to see what my old school does there. Uh, yeah. Because they're taking a big step up, and I'm not sure they'll move up because they think they're going to need a, a, a strong name to step up into the Big 12, which is a lot tougher conference to compete in and over the AAC, George. It's called the AAC, by the way. Thank you. Can't, 
remember what it's called. So it, well, it, it that was it's ugly big bowling you. day. I've got a lot on my mind. Um, you know, American I got some things conference. twisted. Um, okay, last last note just came out a few minutes ago. Texas A and M has yes. fired offensive coordinator Daryl Dickey. Um, so he becomes scapegoat, scapegoat. number one. <laughs> There's the scapegoat to keep Jimbo. <laughs> wow. What if he just makes himself the OC, just starts calling plays? Well, here's here's the question. So what's West Virginia doing? The the, the word has been out there for some time that they're going to make a good win for that was a big great yeah. win for yeah. Coach Brown Saturday yeah. now. That might not have been one that uh, Jimbo was rooting for. That might not have been, but that one, and of course, well, and Oklahoma I, State has just completely fallen off them. Oh, have we when reached? They, when they lost their quarterback Sanders, and him. Maybe he's back, but he's not healthy. When they lost him, they just. But that was a huge win for West Virginia to hold on to that staff. I don't think they'll let them go now. I think they're going to have to. They nearly have to get. Didn't they win the last two? Didn't they upset Oklahoma yeah. the week before? Yeah. Yeah, so two big he's wins. won two big ones down the stretch. I think they they've got him for another year. They've well, won it, the battle of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Are we at the point with Jimbo guys where we just say, D- does anybody want to hire him? Will anybody hire him oh, at this know. point? I, mean, I don't know. Mean? I mean, he's won a national championship that carries a lot of weight. Um, I don't know. But under his backside I, right now is a Bunsen burner. Yep, I saw a rumor over the weekend where. Word is getting out that these recruits, they got their money, and now they're out. I mean, that, and I I have to believe it. Yeah. Well, it, I've been saying awful. that all along, Billy. I said, they go in there and they get paid at $1.5 million, and then they put themselves in the transfer portal, and what are they waiting on? Not the best school to go to. Who's going to pay me the most money? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's George, we said it. Year and a half, two years ago, it's the Wild Wild West. Oh, it absolutely! I said it's going to become the Wild Wild West. Both of us said that, and it's the Wild Wild West. It's man. legalized cheating. It's it's yeah. They don't even call it cheating anymore. It's no. just legalized bidding on players. Everybody mm-hmm. in college football is a free agent. Everybody is a free agent. You go anywhere you want one time and play immediately the next year. December fifth is the big portal day. That's going to be crazy oh, to see how many it, guys move in stay, and out. They did at least cut down the the time you you the, the portal will open and close at a certain time, which is smart because Lord, you're letting kids leave all the way up till the and the, they're in preseason and they're leaving going somewhere. So it's not fair to a coach that way. But it's I don't know, guys. It's just not a great feeling to me. I just I just don't like it. I don't like the way they look at all the transfer quarterbacks this year that went in and completely turned programs around. Caleb Williams, both of them from Oklahoma. How about that? And and yeah, and, and then Spencer Rattler at South Carolina and Caleb Williams at Southern Cal. I mean, we can go on and on and on. I mean, uh, Slovis at uh, Pittsburgh. They're everywhere. Hendon Hooker, Tennessee. Joe Milton, Tennessee. It's unbelievable what's going on, and I don't know. I don't. I don't see it stopping now. Once you pay these players like this, guys, there's no turning back. 
It's it's here for oh, the rest no. of our lifetime. The toothpaste is out. Yeah, well, it's I've, out, Billy. I've heard it's a lot out. about Drake May being a, a target. Is, nah, is that... he won't go because of his Carolina family background. I and just, that's what I've that's what I think too. I don't think he goes, and and I think he's a redshirt freshman. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Yeah. So he's going. He'll have one more year, and he'll be in the NFL. So I think he stays. I can't see that one just because of family background. After the break, plaster bet of the day. So stick around on Main Street Media Television. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. See more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com. Christmas for Kids is back at the Ryman this November 21st. Christmas for Kids provides children with shopping sprees, coats, and unforgettable experiences every year. This annual fundraising concert helps bring that experience to more kids. This year is hosted by Phil Vassar and includes Chris Young, the frontman, which is Richie McDonald, formerly of Lone Star, Larry Stewart of Restless Heart, Tim Rushlow, formerly of Little Texas, Essex County, and a whole lot more. Christmas for Kids, November 21st. To purchase tickets, go right now to Ryman.com. Hit After Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several Iron Mike pitching machines as well as a Hit Tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad I couldn't work for almost a year, I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. 
serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 sub-specialized physicians. Our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Plaster's Bet of the Day. Brought to you by the great folks at Bart Durham Injury Law. Since 1975, they have protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you too have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. Okay, let's take a look at what George did over the weekend. And don't look now, Watson. He's over 500. He was last time I was on. Oh, was he? Were you really? Yes. Last week he was one above 500. Standard of excellence. (laughs) Just, Just he's on a roll. What's that percentage, George? Well, I'm about to tell you. Why, why don't you review? I thought, I thought you would have had it ready for us, but well, let's take a I've look. I've got a lot of things on my mind. <laughs> Frequent excuse. Let's take a look at, at the picks here. Ole Miss lost, 50.3. Of course, 50.3, yes, okay. Thank you. There you go, Watson. Minnesota. Hold on. What what was the first one? Ole Miss, Thursday yeah. night. That was bitter. There were a lot of people on that one, too. I know. Really confusing there. Minnesota won for you. That's the Vikings. Yep. Yep. And then Ohio State and the OK State teaser lost uh, badly. God. That was that was oh, not good. Two in that one. But Dallas and Philly, uh, they yeah. they both won. And yep. then the Titans lost, and Oregon State ended up winning for you. Oregon State won for me on a variety of fronts. Yeah, Watson, Watson. you liked Oregon State too, didn't you? That was my pick. Yeah, I just didn't pick it. Well, I did. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. You're welcome. Congrats, Did you George. see the way they won? Yeah, it was crazy. They, their last three drives, they did not throw a pass. Good old Oregon defense. They did not throw a pass on their last three scoring drives. <laughs> what What I didn't like was the fight afterwards. No. I hate seeing that. That was disgusting. Oh, it was disgusting. Got to get that stopped. It's yeah. ridiculous. And I feel like we're seeing more and more of that. Oh, we are, because there's more talk about mama. Right, but not only that, it's social media. It, oh, sure, it, it all fuels it. Yeah, and I don't know. if You can't let fans get on the level of a player like that, and I don't, it, I don't get yeah, it. I, I personally think there's one way to stop it. When there's a brawl, they need to, both teams need to have to sit again. You'll get it stopped, but if you don't do that, I don't know how you stop it. They've got to sit them out. The next year, first yeah. game of the year, you don't play. Just It's forfeit. Okay. Or it's a no game. If you don't want to forfeit, you just cancel the game. Who are you riding with tonight? 
Going with the NFL game or? Uh, yes, I, I'm going to take the home team. I think that Indianapolis, not that they're a world beater, but I think they're playing really hard for Jeff Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think they like him. And, um, you know, I don't know how they're going to play this, but I'm convinced he is going to be their coach. This isn't going to end at the end of the year. Is Kenny Pickett playing tonight? Yeah, as far as I know. Okay. Watson, do you do you believe the same thing that Saturday will be the permanent coach? I'm not ready to say that yet. Depends on how they finish this year out. Well, they got yeah. five games after this one. Right. They're playing I, hard. I think it's going to be off of how many he wins. If he shows progress, and I don't think it's a done deal by any means yet. No. You'll look good in this shirt. I'm going to put it. I'll be there in just a minute. I'm going to put it on. Okay. Look forward to seeing you. I'll see you in a, see you in a second. Hey, before we leave, I want to thank our crew. Alan, thank you so much. Chris Kulik, thank you so much uh, for helping set this up today at Hermitage Strike and Spare. Thanks to um, the whole group here, Larry Schmidt and his staff. Man, the cooperation we've gotten has been awesome. And later in the week, when we're able to turn over checks to Last Minute Toy Store, to Martha O'Brien Center, and to Stars. That's where this is really going to feel good. Thanks for being with us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll do it again tomorrow on Main Street Media Television.